We are live. I wish we were yeah. on video. You could actually see. Okay. We are live at the Remix conference. We got Scott sitting there with his setup. Oh, there's Michael Chan. Yeah. Hey, Michael Chan. <laughs> you can come up if you want and just speak later. You don't have to speak right away. All right. All right. There we go. We are live at, awesome. at Remix Conf 2022. This is, I don't know, I feel like this is the second really big in-person conference this year after we just had React a few weeks ago. And it's such a change to actually meet and see people in person for the first time in so long. It's just been really great. And it's been, it's really reinvigorating after all these years of remote. So it's been really great. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'm having the time. That's for sure. Great. What for the audience who probably mostly be remote, what Anthony has jumped out at you or what have you enjoyed so far the most at Remix? Oh, I'm having a lot of fun because all my friends are here. <laughs> so that's great. But the talks have been super great. Like they've been entertaining. They've been educational. There's been a lot of awesome stuff and I'm just soaking it all in right now. So I will tell you what I have liked about Remix is I think I counted something like 30% of the talks today all have a performance bent to them, which just speaks to you how much this community and this framework really seem to care about performance and front-end performance. I came from old school JavaScript and performance, and I'm used to looking at waterfalls in web page test. And we had Henri from web page test even speaking this morning, but even outside of his talk, when people talk about remix as they often show, whether it's Ryan or Kent or Michael or anybody else who's just adopted it, what we do see is they show a waterfall very often and they show, look, all this stuff is happening in parallel now and it's a lot faster. I can't remember when I have been to a React focused talk and there was as much focus on waterfalls and decoupling and unlocking performance. That's one of the things that I found the most refreshing. And I think as people are seeing that the results speak for themselves. Um, in the way Remix is delivering faster sites. Michael, what have your thoughts been so far? Honestly, the same thing. It feels to me like this year is the first year that we're seeing kind of full stack frameworks. So we've been talking about what is going to be next. What's the big paradigm shift after kind of client side PSA, like really client heavy apps. And it just really feels like a lot of things are converging on edge. And it's really interesting to see what an edge first framework looks like remix and seeing ryan's talk about deploy today like it's all just really exciting stuff it's really cool to see all of it come together into what looks like a really new promising fat full stack paradigm for us to build websites in yeah i'm so hyped on that because some people may know I, I host a podcast specifically with the term full stack in it full stack jam stack so i've been watching this paradigm shift as well and i very much bought into it early on and the edge stuff is a big part of it as well and when the deploy first came out i spun up a little simple hello world with it and then we had a hydrogen talk which was really cool we've had hydrogen on fs jam i kind of placed like a bet on the ecosystem going this direction and now i'm starting to see the fruition of that actually come true and being at a conference it's also a trip for me i remember the day remix was announced <laughs> this was april 2020 being able to remember that and then now be at a conference with hundreds of people by this thing that didn't even exist when I was first getting into web development. It's just like that velocity and that change and just getting to see it all be reified is just dude, that is so awesome. I can totally see where you're coming from. Just seeing that kind of come around like full turn or whatever you would call it. So I just think that's such an amazing thing when you can witness that, be there from the beginning through that whole entire process to where it is now. It's just such an uh, exciting thing. And man, I'll tell you what, this event has been nonstop. So much excitement from everybody I meet. Just smiles everywhere. Everybody's looking at each other. Yes, this is it, guys. We're here together. This is so much fun. Loving the networking part of this. We're going to have some really great people on here. We already do right now. Michael Chance, Hampton, Anthony, so many people on here. But we also have some more coming later on. Keep tuned. Stay tuned in here. If you're listening to the replay, then, hey, you got to follow all the way through on this sucker because we got some good people coming. Kent C. Dodds is going to be joining us. We've got so many other great names as well. And I'm just so excited for all this to come together today. So we've been talking a lot about the perspective from here at the conference. Hampton, I'm really curious. What has your impression been of Remix so far? And 
you've got a long storied history in the web ecosystem creating the SaaS, it's this preprocessor language. And I'm curious, I don't think we've ever really chatted much about Remix. What have your thoughts been on the framework? Honestly, I know almost nothing about it except the router is better, which is probably the stupidest way to phrase it. But I'm like firmly in tech executive land these days, which doesn't afford a ton of time to get to <laughs> learn about the stuff that, that you all get to do it more on like HR policies and making a business case for a new technology. I think for me, it's definitely one that keeps coming up and I'm interested in. For me, the rule I've always had with any new technology is I want to hear two people I know take a new technology to production and then say, oh, wow, I'm so glad I did that about a month after they launch. And I feel like from what I'm hearing, Remix is going to get rough on that edge pretty soon. Mostly I'm just going to listen and learn and find out more. You couldn't have set it up better because that was actually one of the things I was going to get to. And Scott, you and I were at breakfast and the question I was asking people on the table is, okay, what are you using Remix for? And then who here is using it in production? Sure. And that's one of the things I'm actually like, everyone I talk to, I'm asking, oh, or what are you using right now? And I'm hearing a lot of interest. It's halfway through the day. I'd love to get more folks that I can meet. If you're here at the conference and you're using Remix in production, I would love to chat with you. It's for exactly that reason, because in my day job at Layer Zero, now Limelight, now Edgeo, folks that are in your shoes that are in management land now, and when they adopt new technology, it's a big commitment and it's not as easy to change where you go. And so they always want to see somebody else who's done it first. And that is, I think, the remaining thing left for Remix to do. Remix has a great, great community. There's great technology behind it. And last time we had Kent on the JavaScript Jam podcast, not the Twitter space, but the podcast. And that was, I think, November of last year. That was our question was like, okay, who's on this? In fact, when we had any of the full stack frameworks, whether it was Redwood or Blitz, that's the key, one of the key questions, because I know that those stakeholders care about nobody wants to, not nobody, but big businesses are usually hesitant to blaze that trail. So that makes a lot of sense. So I'm really curious to get more people who are using Remix in production. I'd love to hear from them. If so, if you're at the conference, heck, if you're in the lobby right now and I see yeah. a few people from the conference, I would yeah. love to chat with you or just join us on Twitter Spaces and put a request in to come to the panel. We'd love to hear yeah. about people's just, production experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, I think I just saw in the audience, Dan Abrabach. Wow. Hey man, so cool of you to join us today. I went ahead and invited you up to speak. If you'd like to come up, we'd love to hear from you. I'm sure everybody else in the audience would love to hear from you too. <laughs> so, come on up, man. No, no, no pressure, though. As, yeah, no pressure. If you just uh, chill and chill. There he is. But yeah, obviously, I, I saw him pop on. I was like, oh my gosh, Dan Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, welcome to JavaScript Jam. Are you at the Remix conference by any chance or not? Oh, no. Hi. Yeah, no, I'm in the car. <laughs> I was just reading Twitter and I saw, I saw the thing and I didn't know what it was, but I clicked it. Yeah, totally stoked to have you. So, we are, so just to set the stage here, this is a JavaScript jam. It's basically JavaScript jam is a JavaScript podcast, and we've turned it into a open mic on Twitter spaces that we host basically every week at this time. And people come and talk about what they want to talk about in JavaScript and web dev. But today is remix conference for the framework. So we are here, a bunch of us live at the conference, just chatting specifically today, mostly about remix and its impact on the ecosystem. I'm curious, what are your, you guys are essentially the core that Everybody wraps around, whether it's Next or Remix. What are your thoughts on Remix? Oh, you just put me on the spot, don't you? <laughs> I totally. I went right for it. Yeah, huh? I think there are definitely things. Remix. First disclaimer, I haven't actually worked with it, so I don't have a first-hand experience. Mm -hmm. I only know some things that I've read about it, some things that other people have said about it. I think I have what medium level maybe understanding of the architecture definitely not i definitely don't know everything about how it works i think mm -hmm. there are some parts that i like about it and i think there are some parts that i think could be improved but react doesn't re really give you the tools to improve that so i think like with things like server components that's where a lot of our focus will be over this year which i think would be awesome if they were eventually supported in remix but it mm -hmm. may be too early to do that now but i think it's interesting because some of the problems that remix wants to solve are also the problems that we want to solve but we can approach it in parallel and i think yeah. there are some cases where the solutions end up being similar there are some cases where we would prefer a slightly different solution and i think it's quite likely that 
frameworks will kind of evolve to include those things as well. I think if you were picking a framework today, I think it's a good choice. So if, if you like, definitely, I think, check it out. So thank you for, for that answer. Uh, what are an example of something that you guys feel like you're doing kind of the parallel development or innovation on, or the same types of problems that they've tried to solve that you guys want to solve, but maybe are doing it in different ways. Is there one that comes to mind? I think it's, I think it's general, it's the data fetch and story. I think, and the kind of the server clients with as well, Remix solves this on the kind of data layer with separating like, here's a thing that runs on the server where you fetch your data. And then here's the part that runs on the client that actually renders it. And I think we were hoping to blend the two a bit more and we kind of hit some setbacks where we just weren't sure how to solve some of these things. So it might like get into the solution that we want might take longer. And I think there are some differences in how much we want to do on the server and on the client. And I think we were hoping to do more of the rendering work on the server as well in some cases. And so this kind of do, this is why server components are designed this way. But then I think some of the things in Remix, like the offer pragmatic solutions today that we don't actually know how to do in a more, like in a more granular way. So I think overall, the thing that we're working on, I don't think it's even compare because the things that we're working on are really to empower all frameworks that build on top of React and that are able to take advantage of those features. So we don't really compete with frameworks. We just want to extract the most powerful primitives so that different frameworks can make different opinionated choices on top of those primitives. And of course, uh, like there, there might be some disagreements or misalignments in what exactly those primitives should be and how they should work, but hopefully we'll be able to work it out. And then you could see like both Remix and Next, Gatsby and any other framework that kind of wants to build on top to be able to do less work in the framework itself and delegate more to the React pieces in it. So I think that's why it's not directly comparable. I'm just saying that we started working on that problem space a while ago and we have some results. Then you can see like Next, Next.js is starting to try some of those things internally. Like Remix is also trying to start starting to try some of those things internally, but it will just take time for the things that we're working on are stable and other library. What is the thing you're most excited about in React 18? It sounds like it's React server components. You brought it up here twice. And is that safe to say the thing that you think is the most exciting new development? Or is it the streaming piece of it? What do you think is the most interesting and exciting thing the whole React community should be looking forward to? Yeah, so I, I brought up server components just because we're talking about Remix and I think uh, those three approaches sometimes get compared, like even on Remix blog that was a post about server components. I think in general, I think like React 18 is not very exciting <laughs> to a lot of people because it doesn't really give you many features you can directly use. And it's more kind of an architectural release that sets a bunch of foundational architectural pieces and fixes that were necessary. But then if you want to use like server streaming, for example, today, if you use some like CSS and JS libraries or like this, like maybe it doesn't support it yet, maybe some do, but in general, it's going to take some time for ecosystem to catch up. And especially with regards to data fetch, because we still don't have like fully recommend a story about how to do it on the server. I think like the biggest question is, is it going to be required to use server components for that, or is it not going to be required? And I think we're still working out how Matic solution, you can still use the existing solutions. They work today. They're fine. But if you want to take advantage of the new React features like streaming and so on, it's going to take some time for the ecosystem, like for us to figure out the recommendations and for the ecosystem, we follow these recommendations and align with them. And so that, that's why I think the, the React routine release is not super exciting. It's like, it's out there, but you can broadly use everything that it allows. And if you saw, there was a Next.js announcement about layouts. It, it might've been slightly buried in the post because it, the post is very, like it, it needs to explain like the concept itself, but this will be integrated with suspense protection and with server components and with streaming and with all of those things, which I think the second post is supposed to talk about it out yet. But I think what will, what I'm saying is this is an example of what I think you will start seeing over the next months as the frameworks are able to use those architectural pieces. And as we fill out some of the missing primitives that the frameworks still need to actually take advantage of them. 
I think you'll see that Reactine is maybe a, like React does not become the focal point anymore because it's really about what the frameworks can do on top that is powered by all these, the primitives that React provides. But it's really, I think the hype is mostly going to be about the framework functionality. Thanks so much though for jumping in here and put the like very cool and interesting stuff. Okay, Henri up in here, we have a speaker from the conference. Yeah, exactly. Henri, hey, what's up, man? What a great talk today. Oh, thank you so much. With regards to the conference, honestly, for me, and this is obviously just my personal opinion, but I think the vibe is just strong. I remember announced the conference thinking the timing here is just so perfect in the sense that you had this brand new framework that was just like the buzz of the town. On top of that, timing calendar-wise, you're looking at, I guess, are we're in like late spring or summer now? I can't, but the timing there was is good. And on top of that, I think this sort of signals those return to in-person conferencing. So you put that all together and I think you just have a really strong, just environment of people that are excited to be here. So from the success of mix and everything that it's done to, again, people coming together for the first time in a couple of years. I don't know if you guys looked out the window, but it's nice and something else. To- Thank you so much, man. Greatly appreciate you sharing all of that. Thank you so much, Henri, man. You've been so good. Loved your talk. Anybody else have anything to say? Henri, you weren't here at the beginning, but before you joined, one of the things I was saying is what's interesting about this conference compared to other React conferences I've been at, this is, I think, something like 30% of the talks today have some performance aspect to them. And it's the first time in a while that I've been at a front-end conference where people were, that was not focused on performance where I saw so many waterfalls. Like the number of waterfalls I see when people talk about Remix is really refreshing to me as somebody who's worked in that performance space for so long. And I think it goes back to what Dan was saying, which is, I think when you take a broad sweep of what kind of the movement seems to be afoot, is we had this time where everyone adopted this spa kind of architecture and tried to be as front end and the server just serve everything statically from the CDN and talking to the server was just an API, but the relationship between the client and server is now evolving and getting a lot deeper. And I think the importance is borne out that focus on waterfalls. I'm curious what your perspective on that. And if you feel the same way that when you're at this conference, more waterfalls than you normally see at like a React or a front end conference, or maybe that's just me. Thank you for bringing that up. I was actually going to follow that up with that very same comment. You literally took the words out of my mouth. For someone who's been around performance for a little while and having sort of sat back and watched conferences, have one performance talk and essentially call it a day, to have something at Remix. I remember finally taking a look at the talks and the abstracts and thinking, oh, wow, this is actually performance tinged and this is performance tinged and He's definitely going to talk about performance and she's bringing it up. And even last night during the pre-recorded talks, young lady, I'm totally forgetting out, but she gave a pre-recorded talk and it was basically about performance. And she said that she was happily joining this space and looking forward to learning more. Like this, this is the kind of content I only got at pure performance conferences, like Perf Now, like Perf Matters, like Velocity back in the day. So. This is absolutely refreshing. And like you mentioned, the waterfalls, anyone who understands performance knows how important the waterfall is. So to see so many come up on the screen, I think is just indicative of where we're going, as you mentioned. I'd like to push into that a little bit more because I think that you're totally right. And this is really interesting. There's a, a vibe that I really like, and it's like shifting to like the craft of website making. And I'm going to say some stuff and I don't mean it to be like, I don't mean it to have the negative connotations that it may just by saying it, but I think it's really interesting how it feels that Remix is really focusing on just building great websites again, which we got away from in the time where we were focusing on interactions. And I think that's what a lot of the like new way component libraries brought to web application development was interactions and like really nice interactions. But now we're seeing this full stack integrated interaction type of thing. Like they're getting married together again in Remix. 
but with a really big focus on the web, which I think is fun. And I think that like a lot of the energy here is that kind of, I love the web, that classic web. Like th these are the things that we learned. Henri and I talk about this, like just being like, oh, at this point, like very, like we think about the web differently, maybe than someone who's just coming into it now. And this kind of like consolidation of interaction and integration, like for full stack, like web sites, like it just seems really cool. I like it as an alternative to the model where you have some kind of GraphQL and then everything is just a big client that attaches to it. Because I think that there's definitely space for things that are just a website or a web app. And I think that's what I'm excited about as someone who really does love the web and isn't someone who really is trying to every day of my life build some mega startup. I think that's something that I'm really excited about. I think that trend you were talking about was a reaction to the web doing an existential soul searching and its place with the rise of native applications. And as mobile traffic took over, there was an attempt to mimic and copy as much as we could and try to be as much like a native application in terms of the experience. And native apps are great and they do have a great experience. and They've really raised the bar and expectations for performance, but how that translates architecturally to a website, they're not distributed the same way. They're not downloaded all at once. You don't have that download transaction like you do, except maybe now with PWAs, but when you first load as a web page, you have to do it more progressively, which gets back to the theme that, that you were talking about. So I think that's maybe the trend here, or maybe the trigger is that finally the web maybe is getting more comfortable with itself again and to stand on its own. I really like that framing a lot. If you think about that as like the teenage years of, oh, do we need to be native? And I don't know, I, I really do that framing, that idea of, yeah, we're just like getting more comfortable with ourselves. And maybe it's not like, you can't have it all, have everything. And there is this architectural purity, I think, of saying, oh yeah, we have one backend and like as many clients as we want. And that's, that is definitely a way to build a huge product, but not all of us are doing that every day. And so having some balance to that worldview is super exciting. and or just in general, any kind of topic you want to bring up, Remix would be appropriate with what we're doing right now. Here we go. He's a regular, by the way, guys. There we go. What's up, my regular? Hey, thanks for the ad. Yeah, Remix is excellent. I did the various tutorials. It's once you get into it, it's a lot of fun and it makes a lot of sense with the loaders and the mutation functions. I forgot what that's called now. Once you're into it, it's everything's all just right here and it's all it's like these perfect abstractions and it's so easy to work with. But I will say if you get out of it and then try to come back in, it's a little bit, what's the word, intimidating to approach from the outside, unless you like take an entry point that's like more simple, at least for me, at least I'm more of a student than a pro, but, uh, but yeah, it's once you get in there, like the abstractions are really nice. It's very straightforward. That's really good. What actually on that topic, we've talked a lot about Remix, but most of the people here probably haven't used it day in, day out, or even gotten started with it. What would you recommend uh, for the best way to get started with it? I did their simple example and then the jokes one, which is more of a full. But before I did the big jokes one, I did the React Router, React Router's invoices to figure out how I'd not even used React Router before, to be honest with you. So I got up to date with that. And then once th that really ports pretty much one for one to remix, it's just like react router with some primitives for loading data. Thank you. I see James quick just showed up. I know he's here at remix conference. Love to get you up and get your reactions and thoughts. Hey, we're just talking, as you know, about the remix conference. So thanks for joining. What have your thoughts been so far? I don't know. This has been like one of. I've gotten to meet the most amount of people that I've known online in person ever at this conference, which is like really special. And I feel like that's a FOMO. Yeah. I feel like it's a, a buildup of not being able to be in person for a couple of years, but this just happens to be like the perfect fit for the type of content and the conversations that I have online for the people that are here in person. So it's been really amazing. I think. I want to chime in on that too a little bit. Like I was talking with Austin Krim about that, how 
a lot of times there's always that like hallway track and it's really hard because you got to balance the seeing all your friends, like building those relationships. And then also the talks that you want to see and supporting the people who have dedicated their time to speaking, but it's on steroids right now because I'm seeing people that I've formed online relationships with like over the last two years that I've never met in person. And it's, it's just out of control right now. That energy and excitement of seeing people for the first time in person is just, it's crazy. It's really great. <laughs> it's, it's definitely feels like it's coming back and it's great to make those connections again. So Sade, you're a speaker at the conference. I have to admit, I wasn't able to catch all of it because I had a meeting that happened right in the middle, but what I caught was great. But do you want to tell the audience a little bit what you were talking about and then your thoughts on the conference so far? Yeah, so I have had a very busy couple of days and just really reiterating James's point, this has been, this is actually my first tech conference in person. I've done tech conferences virtually and spoken at some, but this is the first one. Yeah, the, 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 you did amazing on stage. Like you did not make it look like it was your first time. So okay. congratulations. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So this was like, this has been a really fun experience and it's been great to meet all of the people that I've learned so much and grown to have these real genuine friendships with in real life. I'm like, man, I talk to you all every day. And it's just so weird to see people, not weird, but I'm feeling really, my heart is full this week. So yeah, it's been really good. And my talk was the third talk I did. There was Michael Jackson talked and then Henri spoke. Henri did an amazing job. And then it was me and I talked about how Remix as a web framework gets your users to interactivity. So Remix adopts the properties of a server rendered application when you're doing that initial page load, but it optimizes on that and gets you to interactivity quicker. And then as you're navigating between different pages, Remix adopts the properties of a client rendered app to get your users a more personalized and interactive experience as you flip between pages. So I, it sounds fancy, but it's just like a bunch of big words for your users don't have to see a bunch of loading spinners, whether they're on high speed internet or whether they're in some remote region of Utah, like we are right now, they're able to have the benefits of a very performant and pleasant experience, no matter what. And Remix gives you that out of the box. So that was what I did. I did dance on stage, which was awesome. I danced to TLC's Waterfalls. And <laughs> oh, yeah, let's along. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Come on now. All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. it was, that's the part I missed. Was that a pun on like performance waterfalls? No, actually it had nothing to do with anything. It was just the music in between. And so while there was a gentleman setting up my uh, computer and plugging everything in and waterfalls was the music that was on when I came on stage. I was like, I have to dance. What else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just did the dance from the video, but yeah. That had nothing to do with waterfalls. I wish I had caught that before, but no, that's really good. That's a really good analogy, but no, no different waterfalls. Yeah, I think there's actually maybe Henri, you know who it is. I can't remember who it is, but they have a performance podcast called Chasing Waterfalls. It's one of the, the common speakers on performance, but it's that joke around performance in the networking waterfall and then the song. So Really cool. And then I know there was mention about React Robins on stage. Do you want to just tell people about that? React Robins is a community dedicated to the personal and professional development of women and folks who identify as non-binary, who are React and JavaScript enthusiasts. You don't have to be in the industry yet. It's a very welcoming community. But it's a series of meetups. Usually we'll do once a month. And also people will reach out outside for networking purposes. But if you're interested, React Robins on Twitter, I think the handle is React Robins. But if you look up React Robins in Twitter, you'll be able to find their handle and then join us for meetups. And you have the opportunity to speak or hear some really talented people speak about React and then also get to meet people and network in the community and find your next job. Very cool. This JavaScript Jam Live grew out of another thing we call JavaScript Thursdays. And I would say every other week session, it was run as an open mic, just anything JavaScript and web dev. 
But every other session, there was somebody like wanting to go to the next step in their career or break into web development and they were learning, wanting to learn or get started. So resources like that are really helpful that can break down the barriers and make it less intimidating. You work at Netflix, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So what framework are you guys using day to day or day in, day out for you, like personally in your role, just out of curiosity? What does your stack look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Overall at Netflix, just know that the stack that I'm using may be completely different from somebody on the same team as me. As engineers and as an org, meaning like the org within an org, we have the autonomy to decide what what tech stack we'll be working with. And so the one that I work with is still the same stack that I've always worked with, is which is React and TypeScript. And then I've been learning GraphQL. I'm used to REST APIs. Or I originally learned REST APIs, but we're very heavy GraphQL, federated graphs and things like that. I'm learning. That was something that I learned. I've been learning on the job. And I guess the takeaway there, too, is like when I applied at Netflix, the job description said React, JavaScript and GraphQL. And I didn't know any GraphQL. I hadn't touched any GraphQL. I before I applied, I looked up to see what GraphQL does and what it compares to. And that was all that I knew about it. But I didn't have to know the entire tech stack to get in. If you see a job and you meet like 60% of the requirements, just go ahead and apply. And the worst that can happen is that they tell you no. But to answer your question, yes, React, TypeScript, and GraphQL for me on the front end. Got it. They don't have their own meta framework you guys use internally or something like that. The equivalent of a remix or an X or something similar. We make a lot of tooling that other companies will use, but it's more of, it's not like a, like frameworks or unique languages and things like that. It's more of tools that people can use to build pipelines, write security issues, like all different kinds of different things, like just tooling that people will build off of. But no, we don't have, that I know of, we don't have any framework like that. Okay. Thank you for your talk and jumping into JavaScript Jam Live. I noticed we have Tanner Lindsay, the yeah. Tan stack himself. Hello. Are you actually at Remix Conference? Just so yeah, I'm He's sitting here to here. Chan. Oh, you are? Oh, I have to walk yeah. over and then I'll shake your hand. <laughs> oh, and there's Chris too. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid audio bleed here. We turn together like... everyone in one space. There, I'll just wave from afar. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a little weird when you're. Close proximity. Yeah, tell us your thoughts so far on, on the conference. I think it's fantastic. It feels a lot like React Reality, and that's exactly what I was hoping for. The biggest thing about this conference, and I really think any other React conference, is just like the people. The minute that I step foot into the venue, it's, I'm just seeing faces that I've known for so long on the internet. And it's just a good feeling. You feel like you're among family, among friends, and everybody just is just interested in the same things pushing forward as a collective. It's a great feeling. I have never really felt that in any other conference I've been to. And I'm really glad that it has the same feeling here. So. That's great. As somebody who's built a lot of popular open source tools, folks have started calling it the TAN stack. What are your thoughts on Remix and the Meta Framework ecosystem? The Meta Framework ecosystem is, it is and will forever be a very competitive landscape, in my opinion. And I like that. I think that everybody pushing each other forward is really what's going to be best for our ecosystem. And it's not necessarily an area that I want to get involved personally, but I'm super grateful for those that do. I think it requires a lot of dedication, a lot of, a lot of people, bright minds to be able to take a meta framework in the right direction. I'm just glad that we have organizations that are capable of doing that. I think Meta frameworks in general are driving forward the innovation in our space. I think that's fantastic. How do you decide? You've built a number of popular tools that, how do you decide what I'm going to invest my time in building whatever the next thing is? You're not quite building a meta framework, but you've built things that other meta frameworks have incorporated. So where do you see your efforts? Or is it literally like, I have this problem, I'm going to solve it? Or do you have a shall we say, a work thesis as to where you think your work sits? Yeah, a lot of it honestly has to do with running my own company and my own businesses. You run into problems as a company and they're real world problems, you know, that in open source, sometimes you can think of it like, oh, I have all the time in the world to work on this product and or this library or whatever and ship it to help people. But when you're in the weeds 
and you are trying to build a product that has nothing to do with our open source ecosystem or whatever, you're like it's just a SaaS product. You just run into situations where you need to ship quickly. You need to get things done. And whatever's going to increase the agility and the momentum of your team is going to be a worth it. It's going to be a worthwhile investment. And for us, the time that I've spent in my company, we've been a very lean team, below 20 people over the last seven years. So we don't have a lot of people working on big problems. It's very few people. And so I, I always look for tools that are going to hopefully maximize the amount of effort that we put in. And if I can't find those tools, or if I can find the tools and they're not built in a way that, that we want, or everybody's opinionated, so am I. But if we think that they can be polished, then we'll try and contribute. And ultimately, maybe I'll create an open source library. I will admit it's definitely not the first thing that I want to do. It just creates more work. But there, there is a process to it. And a lot of it just involves problem solving to move faster. And that's exactly how all of my libraries have come out so far. React Query. It may not have been this massive revolution of building a meta framework, but it was solving a very real world direct problem that the vast majority of the React ecosystem was feeling at the time, including myself. And while I would have loved to invest a year and a half or whatever into building something that would solve many more problems, I had to ship a product to hungry customers of my own. And I needed to do that very quickly. So it's a balance. A lot of it is balancing open source work versus privatized work for a company and just striking a happy medium where you can push the needle forward for both of those at the same time. It's, it's interesting, especially when you bring up React Query, because we were talking earlier before you joined that with Remix and a, a lot of the bigger trends in the ecosystem in terms of streaming and stuff like that, they're all about the relationship of the client to the server and that relationship is now maturing beyond just simple request and how do we figure out when to fetch appropriately and actually show the right thing and react query really is part of that but i wonder do you agree that seems to be the theme of the last say 12 months and going forward another 12 months or is there or would you disagree with that that seems to be like when i broadly look at it maybe it's just because i look at waterfalls and performance but maybe you have a different view of it giving your perspective on the ecosystem no, I think I totally agree. We're, we're on a pendulum that's constantly swinging back and forth. And hopefully the amount that that pendulum is traveling is getting shorter and shorter every year. Um, but we're definitely swinging back towards performing more work on the server if possible. And before it was very difficult to do that in a way that was cohesive with what front-end developers do with designing and building UI and, and providing a great uh, user experience. But tools like Remix and tools like Next are making that easier. And so... As, as those tools start to bridge the gap between back-end code and front-end code, that's becoming less of a problem. And clearly, it makes sense to do more of the work up front, offload the work from your users and get a faster experience. So I think what we're seeing is a very natural shift, the pendulum swinging back to the server. And I think it's a good one. And I hope it continues because I think all we're going to see is just better products coming out, better ecosystem, and overall, just happier users for all of our products across the board, whether your users are developers or non-developer users all over the world. I think it's fantastic. Last question for you. You've done a lot of really cool tools in the Tanstack React Query, our React Charts, Tanstack Table. What would be like either the next piece of gap, either broadly in the React ecosystem that needs to be solved or you're like, there might be this niche thing that I'd love to do, but I don't have time to do it. What do you see as the interesting open gaps looking forward? A lot of the interesting gaps to me are very specifically related to complex components and complex interactions that users have with most applications. Things like building a table is something that everybody does. It comes in so many different forms and flavors, but tables are just one small part of it. Data visualization, obviously, is another one that I'm still digging into because React Charts is still beta. I'm still exploring that topic. And other areas generally just have to do with headless, headless logical components, I guess you could say. I'm really interested in headless UI. And I think that there are a lot of workflows and state machines and a lot of expectations that users have out of UI components that we're just rebuilding all of the time in our own kind of random little ways, simply because they're tied to a specific UI or tied to a specific framework. And I really want to be able to keep investing myself into tools that are going to unlock those capabilities for 
anyone, regardless of framework, regardless of UI, component library, whatever. I just want us to be able to say, yeah, you know what? This is a great tool that you can use to build a table or just whatever other component you want. And use whatever component library you want, styles, use it in React, use it in Svelte. It doesn't really matter. That's Those are the kind of utilities that I have my eyes set on. And I have a lot of ideas. I don't really want to spoil too many of them. But after I'm done with React table, I guess I should say Tanstack table, because yeah. I literally just rebranded it yesterday. Once I'm done with this big push, I'll be investing myself into some new ideas and new tools. So just kind of have to wait and see. Okay. We look forward to it. Thanks for jumping on JavaScript Jam Live. Chris, from FS Jam and Everfund, I see you there as well. I'd love to, to get your thoughts on Remix. I find it funny that you say, I see you there. And I'm literally looking around the lobby like, where is where? <laughs> I see you there. Are you I see you. I see you there physically and I see you on my screen. Yeah. Yes, I was, was hiding in the darkness. I was hiding the restaurant in the restaurant that it's most. Uh, it was the least isolated, the most isolated in terms of audio that I could find. But yes, tell us your thoughts so far on the conference and maybe what you're most looking forward to in the yeah. conference coming up. Yeah, I feel quite humbled to be, to say that this is my first technology conference I've ever been to. So I find it very hard to compare this to anything else because coming over to the United States is like a big monkey brain moment for me. Like it all doesn't feel real. It feels fake. In terms of these tools that I'm using every day and I'm looking at, I think that Remix has such a potential to push the ecosystem forward, but I think it it does not and should not become merged as like it's a one-to-one battle or something like Next. They should both keep their separate SPs and yeah, they can share what they do and features and functions. But when we think about pushing the ecosystem forward, if we all just join together and what's the difference between Gatsby and Next at this point? Not much. And if it's like, what's the difference between Remix and Next? Right now, they're quite a lot because it's a very different, there's a, it's a very different way of thinking. But obviously, Next.js is introducing features that get a bit closer to Remix. And I think to keep innovation up and to keep the industry pushing forward, I think that Remix is one of the best bets we have right now. And I'm very excited to see how it's going how it's growing, and I can't wait to see what happens in the space of edge functions. Will we finally get to a perfect stack of Netlify with edge functions with a database that hosted on a serverless database and everything is distributed across the world, never having to worry about it and all just done for a CLI? Maybe that's the future that we all want. So I, I hear what you're saying about they shouldn't be pitched against each other in terms of these frameworks. And I love the sentiment and I think it's great that they're all pushing each other. But at the end of the day, like we meet a lot of companies that are, they don't have the benefit of starting from zero. They've got a legacy stack and they have to make a decision as to where they invest. And when they make a leap, it's a, a leap. They want to make sure it's the next one that's good for as long as possible. So that I, at some point they do compete. I want to just push on that. What would you think are the right ways to maybe make that decision if you've got a sense of it? Yeah, I think that competing is always relevant and natural. Whenever we have two new frameworks, we'll always compete them. We will always put one versus the other. But what I think is better and to always look for is the unique benefits of why we should use one over the other. Why should I build X and Y? If I'm building a blog, I personally don't think we should always say Next.js is the website builder of choice always. No matter what product it is, we pick Next.js. I think it's very much we need to figure out what framework has the right benefits for the right use cases? I think that's a really hard thing that is really hard to define at uh, the idea stage and also the mass production stage. We had a talk with Michael Jackson this morning saying about he doesn't want you to build two apps. He wants you to build one app that will always work. Instead of you build it in, you build it in Next.js and go, it's no longer good enough. Time to rebuild it in Remix. I really feel like Figuring out where each framework thrives will really help out the industry, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. I don't know we've settled on where those are, those thrive points are for each one. I think there's still some changing, it feels yeah, like. I, yeah, I feel like it's all, I feel like it's changing always and it can be so incremental as Gatsby 2 to 3 was such a big leap that brought it up to more like Next.js, but I think the biggest thing 
with it all is that we need to always try to remove our biases at the same time of all oh, new shiny thing that says that going to be the fastest thing in the world. Is it going to be the fastest thing in the world when there's 10,000 pages? Because even a Next.js website with 10,000 pages still takes 10 minutes to build or longer. Performance will always be there. And I think the biggest thing I can say is that I'm trying to always be mindful of this stuff, but I'm very much very interested in potentially how Remix can replace Next.js in certain parts of Everfund and to potentially build Remix apps into Everfund in the future. Oh, wow. So you're going to try and merge them together? Not necessarily together. I think there's definitely a replacement strategy for something like what we use Next.js for, because we went from Gatsby to Next.js because we said we want incremental server-side generation. But actually now when you literally look at it from Remix, you think, does it even need to be incrementally server-side generated? No, it could be just always served from the server. And I think there's a lot of benefits and dividends that would probably come with that. Yeah, I could go on actually forever on that. Do you need ISR or just better standard caching and use, use it in a smarter way? But I see Theo has his hand up. Theo, go ahead. Can I, yeah. can I app agree really hard? Because there's a lot of good points in here, but there's a lot that I think is like drinking the Kool-Aid a little hard. <laughs> I want to hear the, the half that doesn't agree because it's always more interesting. Okay. So the first one is it seems like we're almost a little too focused on the technical, what the intended design use cases of each of these frameworks. And when I make decisions for the teams I'm running and for the tech that I'm working on, there's a lot of other aspects that decision that I feel like we're ignoring here. One of which is how replaceable is this piece of technology? And another is how overridable are the decisions that were made by the creators of this technology. With something like Next.js, which is what I tend to use at this moment, I use Next.js for an SPA builder like Beat if I need something that doesn't like need any SSR. Generally though, I don't use most of Next's primitives and opinions. I'm actually adamantly against get server-side props. I consider it a bad pattern and the way that they prescribed it in Next's page components is not great. I'm really happy with the direction of the RFC. Actually, I actually have a video on my YouTube channel reacting to it. But I generally believe that Next provides really powerful primitives to build on top of and doesn't prescribe decisions in a way where I can't opt out or work around them if I or my team has different needs or desires. Compared to something like Remix where you can't even do hub module reloading. When I save a file in my editor, my page reloads itself entirely. I'm building a video call app. I can't do that in depth. I can't re disconnect and reconnect a video call every time I change a file in order to have a good like development experience. And my team would hate it even more. It's really important to be considerate of how these decisions are made by the maintainers of these technologies. And are the being made in a way where I, as the developer using them, can work into them, around them, and over them when I need to do different things. <laughs> That's really interesting. So. Yeah. Let me extrapolate. So you're basically, you're saying the lack of hot module mm -hmm. of reloading is yeah, an issue in what would call a more app-like experience, more thick client. Is that correct? Yes. I yeah. firmly believe that Remix's strengths exist outside of app-like experiences. I'm not saying you can't make a good app with Remix. I'm saying the benefits of Remix don't really help when you're in an app environment. And there's a couple gotchas that you can't work around such as this immediate reloading whenever you save a file. Chris was just talking about different frameworks have different areas they do better in as it relates to Next and Svelte, which is like Svelte is for websites, React and Next are for applications. It sounds like you're saying something similar here, or could you break it down to key litmus test here? Is it thick client versus thin, or are there I, other things you think one is better than the other? I think this is a higher level rather than like, I'm not thinking in terms of Remix versus Next. I'm thinking in terms sure. of I as a CEO and CTO deciding what makes the most sense for our team. It's not sure. just Svelte or Remix are best for websites and Next is best for web apps. It's the way that these decisions are made by these companies. How much am I buying in? I think a better co comparison here would be something like PlanetScale versus something like FaunaDB, where with PlanetScale, I'm buying into a standard, and I know I can swap off of PlanetScale back to RDS and move my SQL database and my SQL data over to something else without having to take a heavy hit on my like server side. Like yep. I can relatively easily make that transition. With something like Remix, you're buying into a lot of new ideas that are not necessarily going to be stuck with that could have a lot of thrash. And when you look at the relationship between the Remix team and the React team, compared to the relationship with the next team and the React team, 
it makes a lot of sense that Remix is so upset right now because there is, uh, for any of many reasons, tighter relationship between Next and React. So by betting on Next and then betting, you're having that internal buy-in on the standard similar to planet scale with the tests, it's more likely that this bet will stand the test of time. And if it doesn't, there will be better migration paths off it. That's something that's like in VC world. Got it. Okay, so this is really interesting because you're hitting on something that comes up when we talk to a lot of our customers and prospects who tend to be larger companies, often with a legacy stack. And when they're buying, they're looking for a couple of things I don't want to unpack there. One of them is vendor agnosticism or the ability to move off the vendor if they need to. That's one you talked about, have a migration path off. And then the second is the strength and size of the ecosystem. Am I correct in extrapolating those are the two things that you're basically bringing up there that yes. decision points? Yeah. Absolutely. I will say that then lock-in goes beyond like portability platform, but portability of technical work as well. Like in our code base, we are using Next.js, but I really think that even though we have few, like at least like a 50, 80K lines of code in production that are regularly being changed out, I honestly think I can move us to Express plus like a single page app provider, like Create React app or Vite super quickly, like over a weekend because we we use Next in a way where we're basically writing functions and then calling them on the client rather than buying really heavily into the features that Next provides. When Next makes our lives easier, we use it, but when it doesn't, we're not scared to work around it in a way that lets us theoretically move off in the future. People refer to my stack as the ship of Theosius as a joke sometimes because I replace every part regularly. <laughs> I love that. Can you explain the Greek myth for those who aren't familiar with it? Yeah, of course. The ship of Theseus is the famous myth of a boat that as it was sailing across the ocean, continued breaking and they had to replace and rebuild every single part. And the, the theory is this the same boat on the other side, now that every single part of it has been replaced, is it still the same boat? So then you're intentionally staying away. You're using, shall we say, next as lightly as possible? Yeah, I really like not, that. Yeah. Okay, got it. So you wouldn't use things like ISR? for example, or ISG? I use them incredibly lightly, like for the, for performance reasons, like never for something that's business critical, where if we lost it, it would kill us, but to keep our reads down and to make performance on a page slightly better, I'll yeah. add a four lines of code, but I'll usually leave a comment setting what it's for and what the consequences are of deleting it. So in the future, if we do deprecate that or move off the framework, we know exactly like what the consequences will be. Got it. So I fixate a little bit on that because you know, we've done the work to allow people to use ISG and RSR with Next on our platform. But if somebody really wanted to use Next as lightly as possible in the most easy migration path off it, you could get a lot of the same benefits just doing proper caching. Is there a reason you didn't try to just see if you could replicate something similar with the right setting of cache headers and the right kind of handoff of that kind of stuff? I have. Played with building my own Next.js alternative a few times. I've talked with plenty. Of, I joined here because Scanner was here. He left right when I got up. But I played a bunch. I'm really pumped with like the stuff that he's working on, generally speaking. Yeah. And like obviously, there's awesome stuff going on in Remix land. But I like caching's caching. If I can throw a header on a response and it sticks around for a bit longer, cool. Being able to invalidate a cache is really important to me. And I think that's one of the sure. like proprietary things Vercel has right now. That's really nice being able to programmatically hit a thing and say, hey, make this fresh again. And it does that reliably. That was one of the coolest releases for me that made me rethink my philosophy here and consider adopting more of what Next is up to. But generally, Next is the easiest way for us to deploy a backend and a frontend that have a type safe bound and like version between the two of them as quickly as possible. And we use Zex and Vercel for the deploy pipe and for the resiliency there more than anything. Okay. Yeah, I know that invalidation is really important. I'm going to be, if you'll forgive the plug, we actually support that as well. And actually I've said it, I've supported it for a while. It's really important for our enterprise clients who are trying to do lots of pages or they're doing frequently changing pages. So they keep as much data at the edge as possible. And that's actually a key part of what I'd call an intelligent use of capturing. You don't actually need ISG or ISR to invalidate, but it, I totally hear you. That's the best way to essentially leverage caching. That's what ISG, ISG and ISR wrap in a much easier to use way. So that's really interesting. So that was the migration path part. And then there was the ecosystem part. And you were alluding to 
the, what you viewed as the differences between the, I don't know, the word is the energy or the feeling of the next versus the remix ecosystem. Do you want to elaborate on that a little more? Vercel has said, I don't know how much there is to elaborate on. Vercel yeah. has cornered so much of the important core React talent and just has the brain share of even the meta teams directly. It seems like next kind of is the next React in a way. And on top of that, I have the personal bias of being very frustrated with React Router. I feel like it got adopted more for the name and the presence in Create React app than for the like technical superiority or like benefits that it offered. There's lots of other great routers that work totally fine. And React Router did some weird things around like naming of its patterns that conflated with like actual web standard names. And now they're the pushing web standards. Like, I don't want to rant too deep about that, but generally speaking, I feel like Remix's cred is React Router and Next's like base is React itself. And it shows a lot in how the frameworks are architected and how the decisions are made around them that Remix started with React Router and Next started with React. So I see, Chris, you have your hand up. Do you want to jump yeah. in on this or? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course. I just say, just reflect off what you're saying, Theo, is I totally agree. I'm not going to go switch out Remix today. I think it very much, I think there's still very much certain ticks Remix need to do to truly feel like it's a safe option in certain areas. But also, it's probably not advised. I would probably not advise it. It's better to make money than wasting time swapping frameworks at the end of the day. And I just want to bring up a quote that Ken C. Dodd said on my podcast. And he said that the biggest migration path for Remix is not actually Next.js to Remix. It is create a React app to Remix because there's 9 million downloads of React Router and they believe that Cray React App is an old default that could be replaced by something like Remix in the long term. That's paraphrasing and probably using some of the wrong words, but the episode of Fest Jam is out there with Ken C. Dodds on where you can listen to him say it. So yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that Remix is a very happy path to do things as simple and opinionated-ish as possible while following web standards when your previous experience is pre React App. The migration path there is pretty happy. I find that Next is more different in that way, but I find that Reader Next is also more modular as well. Like the ability to use the API directory as a blind like express shim and do crazy stuff. What we do at Ping is we have a TRPC endpoint served through Next that serves like at least a hundred different API endpoints directly. And we just write a function and then we call it on the front end. React query is the layer around that. So we have loading error and all the like different state management type behaviors, but we also have full type safety because the function was written in the same code base and it's importing the types over like the file bound in dev. The result is we never have desynchronization between our backend and our front end ever. We have a single Lambda, which is a single endpoint that's deployed automatically herself for us. And we really don't feel next when we're working in next a whole lot. And Remix, you feel a lot of Remix when you're working in it. If you like the way Remix feels, that's cool. But I don't like feeling the framework when I'm building. I like feeling what I'm building. Oh, I, I just want to, I know we're running close to the end here, but one last question just to throw out to deal. If you were to make a prediction for the ecosystem, your hot take, what would it be for say the next 12 months or 24 months in terms of what we're going to see in the framework? I think we're going to see a fracture a lot harder from apps and websites where Remix has made it clear there's a hunger for more performance solutions for non-SPA, like React applications. I think we're going to keep going back to realizing React isn't the fastest thing for that. We're going to see a surge in like the interest in technologies like Marco and Quick with Ryan Carnado going over to Netlify. We're definitely going to see SolidJS continuing to gain traction. My mm -hmm. suspicion would be we see in e-commerce the like blog, the like marketing site space, they move over to tools like Astro combined with Solid or tools like Marco and all the other things I mentioned there. And in the app world, we see Next just taking over. Right now, I still feel like Next is seen as a like semi-static site builder. The comparisons to Gatsby will always kill me. I couldn't consider those the two things more different. And I see the role Gatsby filled and to an extent the role Remix is filling being overtaken by Astro adding SSR and by Solid Start and by or Svelte's, uh, our focus on the Svelte stop. I really think we're going to see a fracture there. And we're going to see Next dive more into Apple again, which we really saw with the new Next RFC. 
Very interesting. I think mobile is going to be totally forgotten and Flutter is the scourge. But those are rants for another day. You think Flutter is the scourge? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. What no, hold on. Yeah, we're going to yeah, we might have to pause that. I'll let you hand back to Scott. Yeah. I think, no, I think this conversation is amazing. Simply put, like, seriously, I can't stress how much more we want to continue talking about this. But I want to say that we've been going for a little over an hour and 20 minutes. And we are live at the Remix conference. So we do actually have the conference to get back to. Yes. <laughs> it was super awesome to be able to sit here and chat with some amazing people. We had several of the speakers that were here at Remix to come and join us today and talk on JavaScript Jam Live. It was such a great time. Really enjoyed everybody who participated, those who came up from the audience and really spoke as well. I do want to encourage that everybody who's listening in on this live, as well as those who are listening to the replay of this or the recording, feel free to click on those that you really feel like you got value from and uh, follow them if you're not already. I feel like a lot of those people that have been up here talking, you probably already are following. But if you're not, hey, you know what? There's another uh, banger for you and uh, more values. Be sure to do that. And hey, you know what? Let's throw it out there. Follow JavaScript Jam as well, because we do this on every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where we just talk about everything there is about JavaScript, anything web development related. And whether you're a beginner or you've been doing this for a very long time, we love to hear from everybody. In fact, if you want to pick up on this conversation where we left off here, Theo, please join us next week and we can continue on with this as well. Definitely. Also, quick self-plug. I run a show, WebDev Wednesday, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. PST. That's on my Twitch if you want to hear me rant about yeah. things there. It's a good place. We'll actually be ranting about React Native with Charlie Cheever from Expo today. So if you want to hear that, go check it out. He's live on Twitch Wednesdays at 3. You heard him. So thank you all so much. Greatly appreciate everybody. This was so fulfilling, so amazing. And uh, let's continue pushing this forward. Share this if you did get value too. Tweet it. We love it. All right, y'all. And... We'll see you next week.